0: Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church podcast.
1: Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org.
2: The Bible is very clear in its warning for those who would teach uh, the Word of God. There are massive warnings, massive warnings. Um, Jesus himself said, if you cause any of these Uh, any of my little ones to stumble. If you preach or teach something that causes people to go down a direction that's antithetical to me or my word, thereby leading them away from truth, leading them away from life, it would be better if a millstone, a really, really heavy stone, was was tied to a rope around your neck and you're thrown into a sea. Nice picture, eh? And then, or moreover, if you add to my word, this says in Revelations, um, you make more of it than you should, so you add to it. You, you try to, uh, 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 yeah, you just add to my word, it'd be, uh, um, I'll add to the plagues that are described in this book. Wow. Okay. But then Paul adds to this, he says, not many of you should aspire to be. Teachers, because you're up for a stricter judgment. Now, you guys might just like read those verses and kind of gloss over, but I I think about those things. Uh, they haunt me actually. And so maybe you're like you're if you're you see me in the hallway or in the lobby or whatever. You know, Brian looks a little intense. He looks he looks like his mind is somewhere else. Yes, my mind is somewhere else. It's thinking about millstones, plagues, and stricter judgment. So just you know, give. Bear with me a little bit as I wrestle through what I'm about to say. I feel the weight of these texts. And so there is a, a severe it, warning for those who would communicate God's word. Today, there is a warning for those who would hear God's word. The Bible would give warning to those who would communicate, but he's giving weight to those who would be the hearer. In fact, this, this parable really is all about hearing. He says, be careful how you hear. And if you're new to us, we're going through the Gospel of Matthew. There are four biographies of the life of Jesus authorized by God. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This, this one, Matthew, we've been going through since last fall. And we're heading into uh, what is known as the parabolic discourse. Uh, Matthew has these five major teachings, and this is one of them. And he begins to describe the kingdom of God, and he does th- so in parables. And one of the things that he's going to say, he's going to say that it comes by hearing, that we receive the kingdom of God through hearing, which is why Jesus came. Jesus did not simply come to forgive our sins, and, but thank God that he did. I mean, that is that would be enough, an end of guilt, end of death. But Jesus says, I have come to bring with me the kingdom of God, the, the reign of God, the rulership of God, that the kingdom of God, that nothing less in the kingdom of heaven, this place where God's uh, presence is, would come to earth, that there'd be uh, healing in every dimension of our lives, emotional, physical, psychological, spiritual. So when the kingdom of God comes into your life, even though it's not fully here, right, so we, we receive it in part, there's one day we'll heal, wipe away every tear, there'll be no death, no disease, and you'll know, hasten the day. But we live in this time now where we can experience this kingdom in part, his kingdom comes in and addresses the brokenness in our life, and, and then we seek the kingdom, Jesus says, seek the kingdom above all us. Well, how do we do that? It's through, it comes to us, this power comes to us through hearing. So he says, be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. And the kingdom of God is way different than every other. Um, uh, world, you know, kingdoms of this world. So sometimes when you hear like, "Oh, we want the kingdom to advance," we want the king. If you're if you're new to the church world, you're like, "Well, wait a minute. Is that safe? You know that, that the kingdom of God would advance because most kingdoms of this world, um, they they advance through coercion. They may advance through uh, an abuse of power. Uh, you know, the CEOs and the political leaders that you know they're good at getting a hearing, but the kingdom of God advances through giving a hearing. Uh, You know, it doesn't come in like a boulder and like, you know, like uh, smash the ground. It comes in like a seed that's planted. And nothing happens immediately, but over time it, it develops and grows and it transforms the ground. It transforms an area. It transforms a city. It transforms a life. It transforms a, a generation, a family, it transforms. And that's what the gospel does. The gospel, the the the, the word of God, the seed of God, the uh, the comprehensive word of God in our life. And so the way that we hear is our, our, is has everything to do with the condition of our heart. So it's not the um, it's not these ears. It's not like you know hearing that way, but it's it's hearing with our heart. Uh, the Bible talks about that, it talks about the eyes of our mind, but it also talks about the eyes of our heart. And Jesus is saying here that the, the, the condition of your heart is everything. In fact, he, he talks about these four types of soil, uh, that, that our heart is like soil. And the, the word of God comes in, God the Father, he's the sower. and He, he sows seed into our life. And, and depending on the condition of your heart, depends on whether or not the kingdom of God comes to you and that this seed, this word of God, bears fruit in your life. And today is a, a unique day for a lot of reasons, but one of which is that I, get, I have four people gonna help me out with these four different soils I'll introduce here in a minute, but let me say something about the teaching here at Jubilee Church. Uh, the scripture teaches that the, that the elders in a church are responsible for the doctrine of the local church. So practically speaking, that means most of the time, you're going to hear uh, the elders do the, uh, the dominant uh, uh, amount of the teaching, and, and that's probably me most of the time. But it doesn't mean that, that all the sermons have to be preached by elders. In fact, it's good uh, for a couple different reasons to hear from other voices. Uh, it's good for training. It's good for, uh, that you don't just hear one style or one version. And so we, we aspire to do that and to bring through, uh, the next generation of communicators. But whatever is said, we, the elders do feel responsible for. And the four that are coming up here today, I, we've talked about what they said and what they have to say is amazing. And I'm really excited for you to hear them today. So I'm going to invite them up in reverse order Ben OG, come on up here. Ben has been brother. He's been you've been here for 15, 16, 17 years a while. Community group leaders, blessing. The OG family. If you ever need someone to pray for you, I recommend the OGs. Uh, thank you. I forget. I don't forget their name. I forgot the order. Molly. Molly Grable. Come on up here. Molly Molly uh, leads one of our community groups, but she also leads J Friends, not just for here in the city, but she gives leadership to it in, in all of our locations. So we're really grateful for that. Emmanuel. He's the newbie in the group. Glad to have him and Shirelle. Shirelle, come on up here. Yeah. Shirelle is she's going to go first, but she's also going to be uh, she's she works with crew, uh, campus crusades uh, students, amazing. And she, you're getting ready to go overseas. Is that right? Where are you headed?
1: Yeah, I'm headed to the Middle East, and I leave this Thursday. Leave this Thursday. So
2: before she. Speaks to us. Can we? I just love to pray for her really quick. Father, we just thank you for Sherelle. She is a gift to us, and she is a gift to the body of Christ. And we just pray blessing over her as she goes this Thursday uh, to, to minister to those in that part of the world. Uh, and I pray, God, just a blessing over all of us as we continue. Uh, to speak your word, to continue to help people understand what your word says. Amen. Amen. Yes.
1: Thanks. <laughs> um, so it's an incredible privilege to be here with you guys. I didn't say the first time, but I really didn't say like it's an honor to actually be able to speak with you. Um, and as we examine this parable, I just want to say, I'm not much of a gardener. Um, I have friends that leave me plants, and I don't know why they know they're not going to survive. <laughs> uh, I can't keep a succulent alive. Um, I barely keep myself alive with water. So. <laughs> um, the parable of the sower and the sea is a parable that I would say oftentimes would be harder for me to like really dive deep in and understand. And so I kind of want to break down the context a little bit that in this parable, Jesus is the sower. Uh, the seeds is his words, and our hearts represent the soils. And honestly, as we examine the sower and the the seeds that fell upon the path, um, I actually didn't know that the path was intended to be there. It wasn't until I actually spoke with Brian that I learned that gardeners would create this path so that they could walk on it in order to Uh, be able to put the seeds in the soil and not walk on the soil. So there's a real intention for why this path exists. And we're going to get to that a little later. But first, we're going to talk about what does it mean for the seeds that fell on the path. Well, the first thing I want to point out about the seeds that fell on the path is that they had no opportunity to grow whatsoever. Like, no chance to take growth or to have root because the path wasn't even soil. So when we think in the context of what does this mean as far as my heart posture, if, the, if my heart posture represents this path and I have given the Lord no opportunity to take root or to grow any of his words, it means having a heart that is hardened unto the Lord. It means being dis, like disconnected and actually resistant unto his words. So you're probably sitting here and wondering, okay, like, do I actually have a heart that's hardened unto the Lord? What would this look like? When your heart is hardened unto the Lord, it looks like having an indifference towards his words, his commandments, his promises. It means being being Christian by culture, a name, but not having any real depth of relationship with him. It means that you look at prayer as a passive response or maybe a last resort, or you don't even seek to be prayed for. These are all evidence of having a heart that's hardened unto the Lord. It means not wanting to spend time in the word or even trusting that his words are meant for you. And that's a hard place to be in. Of course it is. Like, you can't hear. You've become deaf unto the Lord, his words. And then, therefore, you can also struggle to obey or to even believe in him. So then the next question is, if my heart is hardened, why has it become this way? A lot of times the reasons that even as believers, whether we're believers or non-believers, we find ourselves with a hardened heart towards the Lord is because of pain. It's because of unresolved hurt. areas that we were trusting the Lord for healing and yet haven't seen a response to. And looking at a few of you, I'm pretty sure most of you have In some point, a season in your life has experienced pain, might even be in that season now of where you're looking towards the Lord or you want to believe that the Lord's going to step in, but doesn't feel like he's giving you a response. And that makes you resistant unto him. It makes you want to run in the opposite direction. And again, as you run away from the Lord, then you give no opportunity for his words to be sown in you. And so... I want to kind of give an example of even this past week of where I experienced my heart being hardened. I was actually with a group of really good friends and we were praying and their power was out and had been out for like days. And so in the midst of us praying, it's just like, it's my turn to pray. And I'm praying for these friends to have their power, like for the Lord to show up. And in the middle of our prayer, the lights come on for them. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh, instead of moving towards a point of praise and worship for the Lord, I kind of felt inside like, oh, so you can hear and respond to prayers quickly. (laughs) Like, that's immediately where my thoughts went. Like, okay, like in the middle of a prayer. And it's just like, man, is that evidence that my heart has become hardened unto the Lord to where he does this miraculous thing that I'm literally <laughs> praying to him for, and my response is, oh, so you can't hear prayers. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe for some of you, you also feel this way. Maybe you feel that you've been overlooked by the Lord, that you've been walked over, that maybe is his words and his promises, do they speak to me? Like, I'm reading this, but it's hard to believe that what I'm reading is a reality for me when my circumstance says differently. And and what do we do with that? I know when my heart is hardened, one of the things in my responses is to be angry, is to feel some type of emotion to, like, block the hurt that I'm actually processing, or perhaps that I refuse to process. And I want to have some type of control. But see, when we allow our emotions to dictate why our heart has become hardened, like to feed into our response, which causes us to run away from the Lord, it actually opens us up for attack from the enemy. And then he takes away from us that that has been sown. As as we see, the parable talks about the birds that come and devour the seeds off of the path. And likewise, the enemy, when we are in a place of our hearts being hardened, will take from us even that in which we do know to be true about the Lord. All of a sudden, we lose our peace. All of a sudden, we lose our joy. We've lost our hope, and we forget the God in which has rescued and saved us. That's what he wants. He wants us to run from God and to run to things that actually will not give us hope. So let's go back to that part of the scripture where I was talking about the path was intended to be there for the gardeners. What do you think it might look like to instead of being resistant unto the Lord, be resistant unto the one we were created to resist, the enemy? What would it look like to examine, well, this brokenness, this hurt that I've experienced or that I am experiencing, who's actually responsible for that? Is it the one who gives me hope and has promised me heaven, the one that I can pray to? Or is it the one that has, from the very beginning, sowed lies within us? What if we use that path to block the enemy's lies so that the Lord could be at work in our hearts, sowing his seed within us, those promises and those truths? So again, maybe today you're in a place where your heart is still hardened and you're asking, what is the response? What do I need to do? How do I change that? I don't even know if I want to change that, right? Well, that's the thing about the Lord. We can bring our heart and hearts unto him. We don't need to do the work. He does it for us. He is already at work and invites us to see that, hey, I know where you're at. I know where, how you're hurting, and I'm not going to leave you in that place. And so I want to share this scripture with you guys as a reminder of what do I do when I feel I'm in a place that's resistant to the Lord's words and promises? How do I bring myself to him? What can I look towards or trust in when I'm struggling to believe in his promises and his faithfulness? Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, and I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh.
3: Thank you so much, Cheryl. Um, I'm going to share about the rocky ground. Um, My name is Emmanuel, for those who don't know. Um, So when I um, I was in second high school, um, (laughs) I I became a believer, and I accepted to follow Jesus Christ. Um, One thing was certain. I was absolutely confident that if I died that very moment, or if God came that very moment, I was going to make heaven. but I'm still alive and um, Jesus didn't come that very moment. So that meant I had to continue living as a Christian and I had no idea what it meant to, um, to live as a Christian. You see, the reason why I came to Christ um, or I came to believe was I didn't wanna to go to hell um, and perish in the lake of fire or at least how the preacher had described it that day. Um, And so I'd become on fire for Jesus and um, in the weeks and months following this awakening, um, trying to transform myself and live a new life. Um, But the reality was I was still a teenage boy in high school who was struggling to find his identity um, and gain acceptance and approval from my friends. Um, And I don't know about your high school, but in my high school, it wasn't very cool to be a church boy. Um, And so I would... Obviously lose some friends, um, I would realize that it, would, it was impossible to um, keep this word, um, stay away from hell, and have the friends I had. Um, some of my friends would even tease me and call me names. Um, they would call me Deacon. Um, and I absolutely hated that name. Um, it made me feel very old and uncool. Um, and no offense to the elders and deacon in this house, but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I even considered pausing my relationship with Jesus at that time. I'm like, I'm going to stop all this Jesus thing until like after high school at least or until I became an adult. Um, my heart was very, very rocky. The salvation that I had received um, or this seed of salvation was planted on a very rocky um, soil and I had no appreciation of my salvation except for escaping hell or not burning in the lake of fire. So you see, the thing about the rocky soil is that it springs seeds up very, very quickly, and I am no different at times. Um, when I receive the word of God, of, of God, I sometimes receive it with joy, and I want to germinate very, very quickly, um, without bearing any understanding of how long it takes for a seed to become, a seedling to become, a plant to become, a tree to bear fruit. Um, Whenever a seed is planted, the, the root shoots down very quickly. Usually it's a very single root that is very weak. Um, but you would agree with me that for a plant to grow and bear fruit in needs a system of roots that are interconnected with each other. Um, and I would admit and, and, and um, even share that some of the ways I have experienced my most growth has been in a community of believers where we support each other, where one person says, hey, you know, I've seen this stone or this rock in your soil. I wanna pick it up. Um, I wanna water this a little bit. Um, So I just wanted to share this with you today and ask even if maybe there are some people over here who feel like the temperature of your soil also oscillates from being very hot to very cold, Um, or maybe you just come to church because you don't want to go to hell. I was I was that person, um, and shared that there is there is an invitation for us to um, to do this Christian faith with each other, um, not to make our not not to not to fix our soils on our own um, by helping each other, by being in community, by joining a community group, um, by talking to one of the elders, receiving mentoring, um, and in that way, um, even some things that we didn't know about ourselves can come up, and gradually the the heart um, state that seems to be so raw. Key, eventually can become fertile soil for growth. Thank you.
2: Yeah,
0: that's so good. Um, so in the first two soils, we've seen, we've seen hardened hearts, we've seen shallow hearts that have le- lack of depth. Um, and so in this third soil, among the thorns, Jesus exposes the danger of a divided heart. This soil, in contrast to the first two, it's well nourished, it is fertile ground, the seed is, seed is sown, and it doesn't die, but instead it starts to take root. Things are growing, things are looking good, we start to see evidence here of the work of God and his word in our lives as it takes root in our hearts. And yet, that fertile soil, um, it's so fertile that it's also a breeding ground for thorns, and... Um, in this would also refer to thistles or essentially prickly weeds. And these thorns, they grow alongside of the seed and they compete for the soil's light and for its nutrients, literally suffocating the life from the seed and choking out growth, keeping it from maturing and from multiplying. And Jesus uses this imagery of thorns to describe a number of things that compete for our attention and the affection of our hearts. Um, Number one, the cares of this world. So these are the day-to-day pressures, anxieties, stressors, fears, busyness. And in a culture that prizes hustle, that prizes performance, we, myself included in this, can get caught up in filling our schedules, filling our hearts with tasks, responsibilities, work, and burdens. That there's little to no room um, for margin left over to meditate on and to receive and respond to the word of God. Number two, we see the deceitfulness of riches or in Mark four, there's a, there's a parallel parable and he describes this as the desire for other things. So I see these as deep seated affections for anything other than Christ. And I wonder what that might be for you. Maybe that's financial security. Maybe that's relational intimacy. Maybe that's career advancement. Um, maybe it's something else altogether. These are things that they can be good in and of itself, but when placed on a higher throne than Christ, they become idols that win out in the competition for our hearts. And they're deceiving. They promise falsely of comfort, of security, of contentment, things that only Christ can satisfy. So it's currently my first spring as a homeowner. Um, So with that home comes a lawn and a garden, landscaping. And as I've begun to take care of it, I feel like I've learned a thing or two about weeds. Um, And one of the things I hate the most, uh, the most aggravating things is that when I pluck up a weed, um, but the root doesn't come with it, I really haven't solved the problem, right? And it's usually these are in those like the little crevices and the hard to reach places. Um, And so I think it's the same with our hearts, right? Um, At the root of my anxieties and my affections is a common lie that my heart believes that God is not enough for me that he's not sufficient to meet my needs, meet my fears, meet my desires. And I wonder if you can relate to that as well. These thorns, they are symbolic of a lack of trust in God and a lack of faith in God's faithfulness to his word. They will choke out our love for God and they will suffocate the word of God in our hearts, not allowing it to come to full fruition and maturity. For me, this requires daily, if not hourly, reminders that God is who he says he is, and he holds fast to his promises. Like in Psalm 23, where it reminds us that he is our shepherd, and in him we have everything that we need. Like Elijah said this morning, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. The Old Testament describes God several times as jealous. He wants our whole hearts not a portion, not the leftovers of our love or the scraps of our time. He wants it all. And in fact, Jesus tells us in Matthew 22, just a few chapters beyond this one, that the greatest commandment is to love God with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our strengths, with all of our mind. And it's because that he loves us, right? To experience, he wants us to experience the fullness of joy and the pleasures forevermore that are freely available through him. Yeah. Like my friends have said, we need the Holy Spirit's help to identify these things, to identify the thorns in our hearts, not just at face value, but at their source. We can make changes in our schedule. We can sell our possessions. um, But if we're not getting to the root of these things, have we really changed it? Are these things just gonna, these cares gonna creep back up and rob us from this joy that we have? It's not something that we can do on our own. They must be cut down by the sword of the Spirit and uprooted daily by the renewing of our minds in God's Word, as we turn our affections towards Christ and we lay our burdens down at His feet, and it's in that good soil that we can experience all that He has for us and bear much fruit, as Ben's going to describe now.
4: So my focus is going to be on the parable on, on the good seed, you know, uh, I am in mean the good soil. So uh, we already know that uh, the seed is God's word. And uh, every day, just as a farmer expects, you know, that the seed that he's sown, you know, uh, reap, you know, produce plenty of fruit. So do God expects desire that the word sown into our heart, you know, take deep root and produce a bountiful harvest. You know, the parable you know, that we just read, is an illustration of what God's word can do. And, uh, you know, a typical seed produced eight times of what is sown for Jesus to say that the yielding result would be in 30, 60, and 100. He was pointing out to something miraculous. You said, when we allow God's word to take root in our heart, our life <coughs> produced transformations that we can experience, people around us can experience and this can look like in these ways. The way we treat people the way we are generous towards people, how quickly we forgive, the excitement we show you know, towards worship you know, telling people about God and our story, how our life has been changed, once I was blind now I can see and the list goes on you know, if you are here and somehow you're reluctant to say, okay, you know, that's not good enough. You, have, you got to tell me more. I just want to remind you about the book of Genesis. You know, in this book, God, the word of God tells us that through God's word, the entire universe was created, the heavens and the earth, the things we see, the things we're yet to see, you know, were created by God's word. And uh, if that's not enough for you, you know, uh, uh, Psalm 29, 5 tells us that the voice of the Lord breaks the cedar. You know, and I Google this, a cedar is a big tree. It's not just any cedar, it's the cedar of Lebanon. It's a tree that is about 130 feet high and, you know, 8 to 12 feet wide. You know, God's word, without any assistance, is Spoken word is able to cause this tree to break. And the question I have for you right now is, is there an addiction in your life that feels impossible? I just want to assure you that God's word is able to kick it. Is there any hurt or offense that feels impossible to forgive? I just want to let you know God's word has the ability to provide you the grace you need to deal with it. Is there a strained relationship? or is a loved one who has walked away from Christ. I just want to show you that God's word is able to restore that relationship. Here's what happened when we submit to God's word. A single act of obedience is what we need. You know, and the, the, the rest is uh, something we, we enjoy for a lifetime. You know, I just want to talk about what I do. You know, I'm privileged to work in an environment where you know, providing in my course of providing care, you know, you hear people's story. And sometimes some of these stories are are very deep and hurtful and, you know, with sadness. And sometimes you hear these individuals, you know, talk about, you know, feeling, blaming God for their problems or feeling abandoned because, you know, they wanted God to show up and do something about their problems. And to be honest, when I hear stories like this, the first thing that comes to my mind, you know, is reaction that comes to my mind is empathy, and to offer words of encouragement because I can relate with their pain. I've been there, you know. For those of us who don't know, in two thousand and twenty, was a bad year for us. You know, not only did I lose my mom, you know, also lo- lost uh, we lost our, our brother-in-law, and in that same year we lost our baby, Benice. You know, uh, it was on a Sunday morning, you know, I know this afternoon. It was on a Sunday. And February 16, you know, my wife was pregnant, 38 uh, months with five days. And we start, she started feeling the signs of labor. And we called ahead and, you know, they tell, based on the information we gave them to like start coming. And when we got there, we admitted to the hospital. And all of a sudden, you start seeing all these multiple medical professionals coming to the rooms, and in those moments, you begin to fear the worst. And you know, it is not a, nothing prepares you for a moment like that. But in those moments, it is God's word that you already know, not the ones you're gonna know later. Not the ones that you've heard. It's the ones you know in your heart. The ones you've heard that has taken root in your heart that sustain you. So even if in those moments your circumstances are not favorable, but there's that sense of peace, there's that sense of hope that I am not alone. You know, what helped us in those moments is, you know, you ask yourself, is God faithful? Is his faithfulness attached to my realities and will you realize that god is faithful because he said he's faithful his word gives you peace his word gives you strength and courage to deal with the circumstances you're going so my appeal to you today is that will you let god's word take root into your heart will you make your heart you know fatal receptive to God's word so you can experience, you know, his promises. For the book of uh, Colossians 3.16, he said, let the word of God dwell in you richly. And this is what God promises says concerning you. In book of Jeremiah, he says, I know the thought I have for you, says the Lord, thought of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. My appeal to you this morning, afternoon is that you will consider to hear God's truth don't just hear them through your ears and let it sink into your heart like the parable says it said they hear and they understand it and let it take root in your heart. Thank you.
2: Amen. Amen. For those who know the OGs um, that that fruit that, or that seed that has uh, bore fruit in their heart has been a harvest th- 30, 60, 100 times, and we've just benefited so much from your faith. You know, later on, this is another parable the parable of the mustard seed. It grows up, becomes a tree, all the birds perch and shade. We feel like we've just been like living in the shade that you, your faith has provided. Uh, We've perched on your branches, and we're just so grateful for you guys, and thank you for for sharing that story, and it was, yeah, we're just really blessed by you guys. Thank you for that. And thank you all for for sharing, guys. It's just amazing. Um, But like I said um, in the beginning, this this isn't about those who would communicate God's word. This is about those of us that would hear it. And what is the condition of our heart? Is our heart, um, is, it, is it ready to receive the word of the Lord? Or is it, is it, is it gotten hard through pain and, and suffering and rejection or the cares of this world or initial enthusiasm but never growing deep? Because perhaps maybe there's not community In your life, you're just a single root and it it never grows deep. It never gets connected in with a a bigger root system that provides strength and nourishment. There's going to be an opportunity for you to respond. And in fact, I know they all would love to, to pray with you today. And I want to invite you to receive prayer. It says in Hebrews 3. It says, take care, brothers and sisters, lest there be any in you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And maybe that's another way you could describe what we're trying to do here at Jubilee Church, is we're trying to help each other cultivate good soil in their heart. So they can hear the Word of God, that the Word of God kid, when it comes it 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 is planted and it bears much fruit, and so today you don't have to go on just being like, "Well, I guess I'll just kind of be like you know hot, cold, rocky soil, kind of good days, bad days, or just kind of just, "Oh man, this life is consuming me and my job, my 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 agenda, or just even pain, just like just you know, I'm coming here, but my body's here, but my heart's not here. My mind's not here. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not engaged. Um, too much pain. I don't want to go there. Every time the seed is sown in your heart, the enemy just comes and snatches it away. But you have an opportunity to, to change that, to say, God, would you come in? He does the hard work. He comes in. He's the gardener. He comes and tills in the ground. He's the one that comes in and helps us uh, live that out. So when we stand, Emmanuel, Ben... Molly Shirell, and then others may be uh, available to pray as well, but they'll be over here. And as this song is being played, if you just feel like, man, I, I want to respond to this, how do you respond? Well, first of all, I just want to encourage you again to be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. Don't hear, uh, you know, with your mind only, but with your heart. Let, let your heart be open to what God would do. And respond, respond to the word of the Lord. Let it produce fruit in you. Jesus, we just thank you. Sower of the word. God, I just pray for my brothers and sisters. God, we we need each other. Even as Shirelle and others just so humbly said, yeah, my heart has been rocky. My heart this week has been hard toward God. My heart's, you know, I could see the, the cares of the world, choking out the good seed. God, we, we just want to invite you in. God, we want, uh, we want to produce, we want, the, we want the miraculous seed 30, 60, 100 fold for our own lives, but look, for, the, for the lives around us and the lives that of those who don't yet know you, that you love and care for. We just invite you. The Spirit is here. Jesus said, whenever you gather, I'm I'm with you. Jesus is with us. If you're feeling that tug, I just want to invite you to receive prayer as we uh, sing this next song.